Fantastic to have you back with us for the second episode in our series, Mystic Realms of Hebrew Words. And in this episode, we're focusing on the Hebrew word Aron, which is the word for ark, as in the ark of the covenant. The Hebrew language, though spoken as a language, is more a mystical code webbed with the hidden mysteries embedded within the ability to create and bring forth. Each Hebrew word comprises Hebrew letters, not to create its pronunciation, but to create its manifestation. In the Dictionary of Biblical Languages with Semantic Domains, Aron, the Hebrew word for ark, means a chest, or it's an ornate box containing sacred artifacts of worship. So the Ark of the Covenant is something that's very familiar to most of us. The gematria or the numerical value of Aaron is 257. So in other words, it's when we combine Aleph, which is 1, Resh, 200, Vav, which is number 6, and Nun, 50, if we add them together, we get 257. So if we break it up, 2 plus 5 plus 7, that equals 14. But now there's no Hebrew um, letter with that gematria or numerical value. So we take 1 plus 4, and that equals 5. 5 is the numerical value of the letter He, and it means breath. We've learned that breath hides the structure or the framework for creating that is within the breath. Something I picked up in Genesis 2 from verse 10 to 12, and it reads, A river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there it was separated into four headwaters. The name of the first is Pishon. It winds through the entire land of Havilah where there is gold. Now the gold of that land is good, aromatic resin, and onyx also there. The word Pishon, though it has a gematria of 446, it also adds up to 14, and obviously 4 plus 1, 5, like Aaron. Pishon was the river that contained the gold, and gold represents kingship. The Ark of the Covenant is one of those artifacts that vibrate with mystery and intrigue, resembling every aspect of who and what God is. Although we are focusing on the Word, what it represents is equally important when we consider types of Arks within the Old Testament, namely Noah's Ark and Moses' Ark. Yes, Moses had an Ark. The basket Moses was rescued in was a type of the ark. The Hebrew word for basket and Noah's ark is the same word. A core function of the ark was to preserve. Noah's ark preserved life and creation. Moses' ark preserved destiny. The ark of the covenant preserved covenant so his glory may dwell amidst his people. The Hebrew word used for ark with Noah and Moses differed from the Hebrew word used for the ark of the covenant. If the ark was all about preservation, 
then the Hebrew word Aaron preserves mysteries and realms of who and what we are in Christ who embodies the living ark, our new covenant. When you examine the ark and its construction, Yahweh commanded it to be built from Shittim wood. The wood most likely originated from the acacia tree and implied incorruptibility or something that is non-decaying. The wood was overlaid with gold inside and out. Here is something I thought was pretty amazing. The construction of the grate within the brazen altar positioned in the outer court, now the brazen altar was used for the animal sacrifice, was the same height as the construction of the shewbread table in the holy place which in turn was the same height as the construction of the ark in the Holy of Holies. Same realms, each one and a half cubits high. Now, I'm a numbers guy, and numbers reveal divine design. When you take one and a half times one and a half times one and a half, it equals 3,375. Double three seven five. Add them together and you get 18. There's no Hebrew letter with a gematria or numerical value of 18. So you plus them together, one plus eight, and you get nine. Nine is the Hebrew letter tet. Let's do it in centimeters. One and a half cubits is 68.58 centimeters. So you times 68.58 times 68.58 times 68.58, and it equals 3225465581. And we do the same. Add them all together, you get 36. 3 plus 6 equals 9. That is tet again. You still have any doubts? Let's do it in inches. One and a half cubits equals 27 inches. So 27 times 27 times 27, and we get 19683. Again, add them together, and it gives you 27. 2 plus 7 equals 9. Tet yet again. Do it in millimeters or in feet. You still end up at the number 9, the Hebrew letter tet. Divine design. Tet means basket, which carries and transitions you into the manifest glory of Yahweh. Now Moses was preserved in a basket which serves as a type of the Ark of the Covenant that later in his life, a cry would be embedded in his heart, show me your glory. Being in that place of hiddenness, framed within Moses a passion for his glory. From the burning bush to the goodness of Yahweh passing before him until the 40-day face-to-face encounter on Mount Sinai, the ark preserved Moses for deeper things, from being hidden in the ark to eventually being it. I've wondered how the high priests would have responded if they were told that one day they will become the ark, or even better, the whole temple. As mystical as they were, they would think we're nuts. How is that even possible? 
Yet, here we are. Because of the cross and the living presence within us, the frequency of the ark resonates in our spirit. As the voice of Yahweh spoke above the ark between the cherubim, so that voice continues to echo in your spirit man. What Aaron or ark does is it preserves the dimensions of the glory of yod heh Each dimension reveals different realms and serves as keys to unlock consciousness and manifestations beyond all ma imagination. Now, in the blog, we've identified some keys in Aaron, which is the number five, which is the Hebrew letter Hey and means breath. It is the number nine, which is the Hebrew letter Tet, which is basket. And then the river Pishon, which is the river that contained and led to the gold. As a new creation being, we engage and activate keys of the kingdom to flesh out our new creation body to live out our original intent. So as a tet, a number nine, Yahweh has positioned you before the number ten, which represents completion, so that you can bridge whatever needs completion into perfection. If Yahweh positions you in a place of lack, incompletion or need, it's because whatever the circumstances lack are found in you. Because of Aaron in you, creation looks to you because the voice above the ark, that voice that creates, echoes within you. As a new creation being, the future is within you. Come on, that should get you falling off your chair by now. The gates of Pishon are within our spirit to release the substances contained to manifest glory encounters. Within that river is kingship and provision to flesh out our kingdom mandate. Note that it winds through the land. The interpretation is that it surrounds. It's clear within scripture that Pishon takes you to the gold. You are surrounded by it. In Isaiah 58, 11, the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. In John 7, 38, whoever believes in me, as scripture said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Yes, the river is the Holy Spirit, but as rivers, which is multiple, we have access to the multifaceted expression and resources within us that from the Spirit, we release the rivers of the garden of God to supply and replenish what we need. As a new creation being, your breath isn't just for breathing, but your breath is to create. 
you use your breath to engage and release. So during our group activation on Wednesday, we will begin, begin to engage in this exercise and do the activation. If you are not able to join, the activation will be posted in the blog by the weekend. Or when you go to the blog of the weekend, the activation will be linked in there and you can go and look at it. Love you big time.